0: Now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. That's right. Nice. Man. I am dangerous. Defense Department
1: regrets to inform you that your sons are dead son your ego is writing checks your body can't cash this is it maverick i'm gonna hit the brakes he'll fly right by shit he's gonna
0: get a lock on us
1: Moving Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Commentary Monthly Monday. I'm Chris Honeywell and I'm here with my other two true freaks, co-host Scott Gardner.
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: And that makes two true freaks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like where the hell is
1: he going? There's only me. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just so everybody knows we got all our ducks in a row here. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think Scott and I screwed up. We uh we put out a, a listeners poll of of what we should do as a commentary, and we figured since our listeners were nerds, we'd get something spacey or adventurous. Well, I guess you could call it adventurous. But the the winner, the hands down, the clear hands winner, hands down by a by. A mile. (sighs) Top Gun. Jesus Christ. Signing Tom Cruise.
0: What? What? I'm not, you know, I recently got accused of of dumping on the listeners, so I'm not going to do that again. I'm so tempted to be like, what the hell is wrong with you people? But I'm not going to say that. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge. Good for you good for you. But, but uh, I know if we ever do this again, we're we're going to we're going to set <laughs> we the choices. Yeah. We'll give them a choice. Yeah, we'll give them choices. Yeah. That's lesson it, learned. It, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, just throwing it wide open was a oh, well, anyway. We could have gotten like Endless Love starring Brooke Shields or like Did she get naked in that? I think so. I think it's a bot Damn double it. though, so we could at least had some nudity. I don't think there's any nudity in here. I guess we'll find out. I doubt it. It'd
0: probably be like a Tom Cruise ass shot or something.
1: Well, as everybody knows, Scott and I are busy, busy, busy. So we got to get this sucker going. Get us rocking into the danger zone. (sighs) So you guys know the drill. We got the DVD of Top Gun with Tom Cruise. I will do a three-second countdown when I say go, you hit play. We are at zero zero and we are ready to go. One, two, three, go. <sighs> yeah, there it is.
0: I have. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I, no, nah, I'm not gonna make any bones about. It. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Hate this movie.
1: Hate this movie so much. I've I don't seen bits I... and pieces of it on cable, and yeah. I'm I'm not a Tom Cruise hater, but this is the reason why people hate Tom Cruise.
0: <laughs> I uh, I remember when this. I see. I don't. I could be wrong. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. If I have, it's been in dribs and drabs. I've never watched it start I, to finish. I can only I imagine
1: it. you would have seen it if you were like on a date and you were trying to get into some girl's no. house or something. And she was like, no. let's go see Top Gun. No.
0: <laughs> I, I remember when this came out on video, I was working at Saturday Matinee and they made us add it to the play tape. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was at work and somebody would put it on the on the monitor for the play, you know, on the playlist or whatever, it didn't make it very long before I switched it out for something, anything else. Because I just, you know, it's not just Tom Cruise and it's not just Kelly her face that I still think looks like a dude. It was, it's the... Uh, it's just every douchebag eighties uh, cliche in the world is in this movie. I hate every single song that's in the movie. It's just what a
1: it's a I, top to bottom piece of shit. I thought you might think it was okay because you know I know you're a big fan of the right stuff, and that was sort of Jet Pilot story, you know?
0: Yeah, but it wasn't. I don't know.
1: They were kind of more American heroes than American douches,
0: like exactly. Like yeah. Yeah, everybody in this American is... real American douchebag! <laughs> exactly. Everybody in this is perfectly punchable, you know? Uh, anyway. I can't. How much longer we got? I don't know. I don't even know what the hell the writing is this thing. I didn't even bother to look. I did not watch this before we sat down to do it. I just couldn't bring myself to... I actually um, was thinking... I do give
1: these a run-through first, and I did not with this one, I have to say.
0: Well, just before we got started, I just realized I left it open on the the computer here. I was actually looking at our backlog of email and realizing that we have quite the stack building up here of email. Oh, damn, you're not whistling Dixie, man. (laughs) Yeah, we've... uh, yeah, these wow. go back, some of these. so Oh, man,
1: these date back. <laughs> yeah. These go way back.
0: I've got one here. This one is from Mark Gord. He's one of our newer listeners, and I hope he's still listening because, you know, he sent this. This one here is dated October 17th, 2013, so this is oh, last geez. year. But, see, the problem is some of these My didn't get addressed because— that far. Well, you see they are not some of these are not addressed to a specific show. Guys, I'll let you in on a little secret right now. If you want your emails read and we do intend to read them on the show, it really helps one if you send it to the correct show. But also, if you address in the subject line what show you're you're commenting on or what show you want it read on, that really helps. Uh, us to get to it in a more timely fashion. I mean, if it's obviously Star Wars, then it's going to get covered on a Star Wars show. If it's Star Trek, Star Trek show. You know, that's you know, that's fine. Some of these now, I shouldn't call it Mark out for this because his is addressing a specific show, but some of these are kind of vague on exactly what specifically they're talking about. So those kind of just fall to the back burner a lot of times. Anyway, something we I don't think we've ever really done is address our emails for commentary monthly monday so those have been kind of building up so this one here is actually addressing commentary monthly monday again this is from mark gord subjects just about your show it says he says uh dear two true freaks he says hello two true freaks i just found your podcast and i have really enjoyed it uh most of the films you have commentaries uh, i've made commentaries are some of my favorite films the wizard of oz and the iron giant you made the commentaries fun and enjoyable hate to ask is uh is it okay if you do a commentary for Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, please. It is my favorite Scooby-Doo and started the franchise again. I do not mind if you say yes or no, uh, but I am such a big fan of Scooby-Doo and would love to hear your thoughts on the film and Scooby-Doo. So keep up the great work and look forward to hearing from you soon. Again, that's from Mark Gordon. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. No. I think
1: I've seen that movie it's, and it's I an I've enjoyed it's, it. it. It's, but it's the animated yeah, right. It's not one of the the live action. I saw yeah, the first live action one. I I believe no I think I, I saw haven't... both of the live-action ones
0: Yeah, I haven't seen those but this one I've seen because this was the this was the one I, I couldn't tell you what year it was. It's probably good good ten years or so old by this point point. But this is the one that kind of got the gang back together again after, you know, many years. And, and it gave Fred the slightly updated look and everything. Did it uh, um, Did it have Casey Kasem in it as Shaggy? I think so, but don't hold me to it. Mm-hmm. But it, it was actually really good because the whole um, premise of it this time around was, for one, it was getting the gang back together again. But also that... The whole shtick of the of the series—they they were kind of poking fun in a in a slight way at the uh, the sh- whole shtick with the original series, which was every single ghost that they encountered, everything that they ever encountered, always ended up having like.
1: Prosaic
0: uh reasons. Well, you know, they, reali- yeah, exactly.
1: realistic reasons.
0: Realistic reasons. You know, it turned out to be you know old man Withers or something. You know, trying to run people off for some you know insurance
1: scheme right. or whatever the hell the case was. It always made me this wonder time, why they were scared of ghosts because they never really met any.
0: Right. This time, though, they go and they wind up on Zombie Island, and for the first time, they're confronted with real paranormal activity and so part of the the thing with, the sh- with this particular movie is that I'm forgetting who it was maybe Daphne I think um, she has like a, a it's, I, I think it's like a TV talk show or something where it turns out that the reason that they did all this stuff back in the old series is that they were kind of like junior Ghostbusters they were actually looking for paranormal activity And the reason they stopped and the band kind of broke up is that they never encountered it. They kept looking for it, but it never turned out to be real. It was always a guy in a mask, you know, or a woman in a mask. And so eventually they they stopped doing it and they all went their separate ways. Well, now they come back together again for like one more, you know, one last hurrah. And they really encounter the supernatural this time. And I liked it. I thought it was actually pretty good. I would not mind doing a commentary for that, to be honest with you. I don't know where we'd fit it in, but I wouldn't mind doing that because it was a, a pretty good movie. Is as it I a full length
1: movie,
0: Uh it's probably you know it's animated, so it's probably I don't know seventy minutes or good. something like that. But, I'd be into um, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I my enjoyed first it. Lunchbox with Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scooby Doo is my introduction, I think, into the paranormal. Really. I kid. mean, I'm I'm no expert, but I mean, the original
0: Scooby-Doo series that were out, I enjoyed the hell out of them, oh especially like when Batman was... and Robin or Sonny
1: and Cher would be on there. I used to love that shit. I was I, any Scooby-Doo was was catnip to me. It was all it was all the stuff that I was interested in. I just
0: didn't. I, I never got into the latter day ones, like when they brought in like Scrappy and, right. and what was the stupid mutt's name? The yeah, I know, what you dumbass mean. mutt or whatever like his name cousin, was.
1: It was like cousin something.
0: Yeah, Scooby Scooby
1: Dumb, I think was his name. I Scooby think it Dumbass. Might be Sco, Scooby Dumbass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, got another one here. I rather like this one. Just says forgot to mention. This one's from Russell Bragg. This one, again, dates back quite a ways, uh, January 26th. It says, Sorry, guys. It's been such a long time since I listened to it, and I don't remember which show I heard it on, but Scott hosted a show where he talked about the Titanic. I very much enjoyed it. I don't have the amount of paraphernalia that he does, but I do have a few books and coffee table books, audiobooks, and documentaries about the ship. I think we even had a 3D Titanic jigsaw puzzle, which we never did put together. But I'm a big Titanic fan and wanted Scott to know uh, that it was a great podcast and he did a fantastic job. Thank you very much, Russell. I do appreciate that. I continue to get uh, feedback and dribs and drabs about that show. And uh, it's probably the one I'm most proud of of any single show that I ever did, you know, just on my own. I really, really liked how that show came out. It It was a very personal one to me. Uh back on the subject of commentary monthly Monday, we got a great one here. This is from uh listener Tim Elliott, who I got to meet uh not long ago. He came down here to Disney. We got to hang out for just a a brief amount of time. This one is addressing uh two true freaks episode four twenty-one, Godzilla nineteen ninety-eight. You talk about catching some shit for an episode. (laughs) Got some shit for this one. He says, Hello, gents. uh, It says, just finish your commentary on Godzilla 1998, and I have a few things to say about Godzilla. Uh, See what I did there, Scott? Nudge, nudge. (laughs) First, I, and for most, first, I, and for most, I enjoy, okay, there's, that one reads a little weird. He says, for most, I enjoyed your comments on the film, and as a Luke-level kaiju, is that how you pronounce that, kaiju? Yes. Kaiju fan, I don't hate this movie. I actually enjoyed it on many levels, but I do not consider this a true Godzilla movie. I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I had major problems with it, but as the years have gone by, I see the movie for what it is. There are parts that make me wince or cringe, but if you watch this as a simple monster on the loose film and not an American reboot of Gojira, or however you pronounce it, Gojira, um, then the film is successful. See, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm not going to get on that high horse. <laughs> I, I agree the love story is misplaced. Yes, it is. And the actress who plays his love interest is the most annoying person on the planet. I don't know about that. She's annoying. Ed but is more annoying than her. Yes. Yes, she is. Uh, the Ebert and Siskel joke is petty and childish. The movie needs about 20 minutes uh, trim from it. And the uh, addition of the baby Zillas is a blatant ripoff of Jurassic Park. I think uh, something is lost in translation. Are traditional Godzilla films well made in comparison to the 1998 one? One could argue no, but in the context of when and who made them, I feel they are superb. That's enough renting from me. Keep the shows coming, guys. I'm really looking forward to Apes Month. Cheers. Tim Elliott. Write in and let us know what you thought about uh, Apes Month, Tim. I'd be very curious. He says, P.S. Scott, I agree with you on Independence Day. I hate that movie. Yes. Yes, I got another one. Thank you, because I can't
1: stand that goddamn movie.
0: Uh, ID4 is the only film I almost walked out on when it was when I saw it in the theater. The story is hackneyed. The characters wooden or over the top. The movie logic is ludicrous. To quote Roger Ebert, I hated, hated, hated this movie. Oh, really? Did he say that? Oh, I'm going to have to find that, because, yeah, I, I'm i sorry. With apologies to Michael Bailey. Love you, man, but I hate that movie, Mike loves it. It's a guilty I... pleasure for me. No, it's a piece of shit. I can't stand that movie. Ah, uh, let's see here. Jump in if you've got any. I saw here. that one in the theater. Did you really? Did yes. you demand your money back?
1: Well, I went. Everybody that I worked with went because one of the waiters, his brother, had like not a part in it, but he was he you know had a, a minor technical role. You know, basically his name went by. You know, in a quarter of a second towards the end, in a a sea of names. But we had gone. We we used to at work. We used to go to see movies after work, a whole group of us, and we saw the preview for Independence Day. And all it was was a UFO over the White House, or UFO over the White House blowing up the White House. And he's like, "That's the movie my brother's working on." (laughs) We were all like, "We got to go see that." And uh, it's a piece of crap <laughs> as far as filmmaking goes. I mean, every everything in it is hackneyed. But I enjoyed it. I thought Will Smith. Will Smith is very charismatic and like sort of carried it. And uh, by the end of it, it was wearing its welcome out. But and I See, I'm gonna, hate the director. S- but yes. I don't know. I, I, I had fun in the theater. The theater we saw it in was whooping it up. Are they
0: still doing movies? Because I haven't seen anything with their name on it in a while. The, what is it? Roland and what's his name? Roland Emmerich. Yeah, Roland Emmerich. And what's what his was? partner's name? Wasn't
1: it Roland and Fred or something? I don't, Roland know, the and the Fred, other I don't know. Roland and Martin? I mean I don't know. I am trying to think about what the last movie I think the last movie Roland Emmerich did was that two thousand and twelve.
0: That's what I was thinking, yeah. And that that's was only a couple in years what, ago. like two thousand and ten, wasn't it? Yeah, but the movie came out in advance in twenty twelve though.
1: That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he got the hint <laughs> that nobody likes him. I'm sure all all his Somebody movies did. make money,
0: so Somebody didn't finally bring you his head, did they? No, not yet. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> oh, it's Roland Emmerich's head. All right.
1: Thank
0: you. This next one I liked. I shouldn't read this on the show, and here's why I shouldn't read it. For one, I agree with way too much that and I could go on a total tear that would last an entire episode on just the basis of this email. But also... He tried very hard to cover all his bases and make sure that somebody was going to read this email because he addressed it to not only two true freaks, but Hey Kids Comics, uh, Trennis Magnus and uh, Michael over at uh, Views from the Long Box. So he wanted to make sure that somebody was going to read this. Shoot that's buckshot, huh? Exactly. Just because I thought it was awesome and uh, I think it brings up some really interesting points. What the hell? I'll go ahead and read it. It's called Quanti- uh, Quality Not Quantity and this is by Ivan White. He says A hey, guys, not even hey, it's A. Hey. So I'm thinking this is like the Fonz, right? Was it how
1: is it spelled? A Y Y Y or
0: No, E-H? it's E Y. So it's like the H is missing. It's E Y. A. Guys, cuz if it was E
1: H, then it would be a Canadian A. Hey?
0: hey guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He's just All right. cool, I guess.
0: <laughs> Since I wanted my email to be epic in length and importance, but I haven't been able to get it sorted out of, uh, to my liking. So, I'm writing this hopefully more qualitative email instead. Is that a real word? Yes. Qualitative? Okay. My premise is simple. Did DC lose Superman, or at least his essence, in the past 20 years? It's uh, just this guy's humble opinion, but it seems to me there is no Superman anymore, just different versions of Superboy. I understand that they waged a long battle for copyrights and the like, but I find it hard to believe that they put all that work into setting up these uh, quote-unquote pretenders to the throne if they lost the case, only to simply give up on the character on his 75th uh, anniversary after they won. What What logic tells them that Batman and GL need to be overexposed across all media just in case Superman is gone or too expensive to keep? Then tells him to let the character that has been the backbone of their existence languish on the back burner without direction after they got the keys to the kingdom back. Shouldn't Superman be the uh, be-all end-all of the DCU? Maybe it's just me longing for the 90s Superman that I grew up with or uh, because I just entered my 30s, but I don't see any of the current versions of the Man of Steel as anything but juvenile Superboys or, heaven forbid, Spider-Mans. Maybe the fine print on that legal uh, document said Warner Brothers can have Superman but not his soul. Thanks for hearing me out. Long live the podcast. And again that's from Ivan Y. I thought he raised some really interesting questions in this whole thing.
1: Well, it's so uh, subjective. It, it depends on what you think the soul of Superman is, you know. It's it's You know, I mean there's I mean there's people who are jazzed about I guess every iteration of Superman, but it's yeah. not jazz to the point of where it's a big property, the property that it should be. So that says something. That's usually what I think about with it. Is is it is it successful? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it is. I don't know if his comics make money. I know, I know the movie made money. It probably it didn't make Avengers money, and it and it could have.
0: See, when it comes to paper comics these days, I think successful is a very, very, very subjective term. It's like
1: fake praise either, too. Yeah,
0: like exactly.
1: Like, yeah.
0: See, the thing is, I, I want to go into this subject, but I also don't want to go into this subject because, frankly, I'm tired of fighting about it. I'm tired of getting defriended about it. I'm just tired of the whole damn thing, to be honest with you. I think I've made my opinions on the whole thing very clear. If I haven't, send me a PM. I'd be more than happy to tell you how I feel. Well, I but, you mean, whenever uh, I get in
1: conversations about it now, I can only bring myself... To argue the merits of like the writing of the movie, the directing of the movie, that you know, so, solid things that I could say. This was a poorly written scene, whether whatever character it is, you know. Because if I if I go like this isn't Superman, then there's going to be eight million people who can whip up a comic book page and go well Superman did this just like this in this comic at this time. Right and stuff. So it all becomes, you know, this is not super. This is not my Superman. Right. This is not a character that I would associate with Superman. But
0: well, you know, there was a, a thing that went around Facebook recently, and I want to say that it was sent to me by Christopher Warden. I could be wrong on that, and I'm not trying to call him out. I'm just trying to give you know credit where credits due. But I, I think it was him that sent it to me. It was a picture of the golden age superman and it was one of these things where it said on it you know if you if you agree with this like and share i liked it i didn't share it and the reason i didn't share it is i don't want to be involved in another shitstorm on facebook about these things so i i completely agree with the sentiment but i'm just i'm doing my level best to just stay away from these kind of things from now on But I I know exactly what you mean, because I've had to talk myself off the ledge so many times of doing an episode of my Superman show that I was doing. Just totally going off on these people that keep wanting to bring up Superman volume two, number 22, as some sort of defense for what Superman did at the end of Man of Steel. I'm just going to put it this way. It's apples and oranges, and they the two are not the same, and it's it's as simple as that. I would love to do a whole episode on it, but I'm not going to because it would just be. I I have a simple know.
1: simple argument for that to, to just uh, when when you start doing stuff like that. How many Superman comics do you think there's been printed? Not you know like separate ish, issues, tens of thousands, right? Well, I don't know about tens of thousands, thousands but thousands, thousands. Yeah. yeah. How many Superman movies are there? You know, six, six or seven, a handful. Right. Because the movies don't come. So the movies, the comics can go in all different directions, write themselves into a corner, fake their way out and stuff. A movie is expensive and only comes along once in a while. So the movie is, sort. It, it's, it's almost like if you're condensing Superman into it, you have to condense more into the movies. So what Superman does in a movie means way more. Because if you're going to try to back him out, if you back him into a corner, it's going to take you, you know, at least three or four years. To, to get him out of the corner if you get another movie to start start doing another story or whatever like that, you know. It's not like you can just be the next, you know, for the next 6 months of issues, repair the damage that you did or, you know, change the storyline to be something more amenable. So so what happens in the movies, my argument would be means more. Right. It it it, it it's more it's and it's and it's speaking Superman to a wider, more general audience.
0: That's why so, it's more important to be careful what right. the message is. You're doing is that you're a more sending.
1: definitive version when you're doing something in the movie. And whether whether you can argue with that is I, I think that's the way it's perceived by the public, so that's the way it is, you know, that's what gets put on the film. Right. So I agree. But we should move on. This next email, oh, to, I'm... A jet. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I, uh,
0: I'm i sorry. I do not know how to pronounce this name. Uh, first name is spelled G-E-L-U. So, I don't know. Jellu, Gelu. I'm not sure. Last name is R-A-Z-R. So, I'm imagining that's Razor. So, I don't even know. Maybe this isn't even a real name. I don't Jello know. Jellu. Sure. Jellu Razor, I guess. Uh, just simply says, thanks for the commentaries, guys. They're hilarious. Could you do a commentary on your favorite Batman films or Transformers 2 or 3? And it's signed SG, which are my initials, too. But it, I didn't send it. Um, Transformers, uh, I don't two, know. Two, I guess. May, two, maybe. Because, I, you know, I, I you catch so much like, crap right. for this. I, I kind of like it. the second one. Yeah, I actually do. And I know somebody's going to write in and say, really, you like that? Got to remember, guys, I can't say it enough not a Transformers fan. So, you know, for me, whatever it is that hardcore Transformers fans are having an aneurysm about with that movie doesn't affect me because I don't... I got no idea, no clue. I just kind of dug it. Um, As far as favorite Batman films, there's really only one for me. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mike Bailey and I have talked about it for years. One of these days that's going to happen maybe even this Halloween. I'm not sure.
1: I would do do either of the Tim Burton Batmans, really. I've seen those enough times to, and I'm not a hater of either of those movies. As a matter of fact, I there's things about both those movies I really really like. I wouldn't mind doing. I have. Well, you know, I was I gonna say just the first one, but I'll, so I'll take it
0: back. I wouldn't mind doing. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing actually the first three. I wouldn't mind doing uh batman batman returns and then the of the live action ones now granted you, you gotta remember i gotta preface all this was saying i've not really fully embraced any of them any live action batman from from uh what's his name adam west right up to mr gravel voice i haven't really embraced any of them but the one that i felt came closest of all for me in retrospect would be actually Batman Forever, the, the Val Kilmer one. I rather liked that one. There's a lot of it I don't like. I think I can't stand Jim Carrey. That right there brings that movie down a significant level to me. But the Batman portions of that film, I actually kind of dig. So that one I wouldn't mind doing from a kind of a defense for the film angle. I've never angle. Seen that one. It's actually not bad. Um, Batman, the, the Tim Burton one, I don't think it's aged well, but But I'd be curious to watch it again after all. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it again after all these years. I didn't like it when it was originally out, Um, and then Batman Returns. For a long time, that was my favorite one of those four films. But then, over the years, the the things that used to be minor problems for me with that movie have become monumental things with that movie. Because at the end of the day, at the end of that movie. There's really no way Batman could come back from what's done to him at right. the end of that movie. So I would actually enjoy doing a commentary to point out the things that I think there's no way he's going to get out of this. You know I what I mean? I enjoyed
1: the actor salad of that movie. I thought he's, this was a good actor salad from Pee-wee Herman to okay. walk right. and and Danny DeVito. Come on, right? But I mean, people's noses off. One of the
0: big things in that movie, he is framed for murder in front of thousands of witnesses. And there's no way at the end of the Hello? movie for him to prove he didn't do it because everybody else is dead. So, you know, it's it's things like that. And then in the very next movie, you know, he's back working for Commissioner Gordon. And it's like,
1: how, do, how the hell did, why, wait, what? Uh,
0: he just that under the rug. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole James Bond thing. So.
1: He just <laughs> looks the other way. In. Right. <laughs>
0: So yeah, in, in short, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing any of those basically, except Batman and Robin. I'm not touching that one. If you want a good one for uh, for Batman and Robin, check out the uh, the fan edits that uh, Eric Peterson did. Oh my god, years he made that, that
1: movie bearable, which is well <laughs> believable. <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I watched it. I don't know if I would say bearable, but he cut a lot of the crap out
1: of it. I still think it's a god awful movie. Didn't he cut it way. down to like almost a lean hour?
0: Yeah, something like that. It's like a TV movie. Yeah. It's still pretty bad, though. Uh, Let's see here. Another one from Russell Bragg. This one's a much more modern email. This one is uh, just from your days ago, August 8th. It says here, month of July and beyond. He says, hi, guys. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to like Assistant Editor's Month, but I figured you wouldn't be... uh, Because, rather, I figured you wouldn't be on it. But I was wrong. All the episodes were pretty good. I had only one comic of all the ones talked about, and that was what if Spider-Man rescued Gwen Stacy on episode 160 or Assistant Editor's Month week three. You know what? I wonder if this is actually meant for back to the bins now that I look at this. Ah, what the hell? I'm, I'm committed now. It says, and of course, I enjoyed the email episode. I remember writing to the show, uh, but had no idea I wrote so many. To catch you up on me, I finally purchased my... Ah, this is why I threw it in here. I finally purchased, wait for it, my Planet of the Apes D V D set yeah. from Amazon. And yes, I used your Amazon link. As Russell,
1: did, we, we I I think about three or four of those turned up on the Amazon link. So nice. I'm really proud of our listeners.
0: Yes, thank you, Russell. So thank you to everybody that uses the Amazon link, yeah. dudes. I, I I know we say it all the time. I know it's at the end of every show, but seriously, that really does help us. So anything you purchase at all through Amazon and going through our link, we do get a kickback, and we really appreciate it. it. Helps us keep the lights on here. Yeah, at, uh, the it's, it's at yeah, cores.
1: it's it's not just like it's not just like you're making a little drop in the bucket. It's it 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 literally pays for you know keeping the the website up and yep and uh hopefully any exploding equipment in the future and stuff right so it's Uh, yeah
0: says here says hope you can use the uh, proceeds to upgrade equipment or something i wanted to to (laughs) thank you guys for mentioning my podcast the dc comics presents show this has got to be addressed to back to the bins because i don't think we've done that yet I will find that uh, promo and make sure that we inject it into this. Actually, I'm not editing. It's when you are. So you find it and you put it in the show. <laughs> it says, I am glad you like it. Uh, I still don't think I'm comfortable podcasting yet. That's okay. Chris and I aren't really p- comfortable podcasting yet either. Maybe one of these days. It says, I just hope that it uh, doesn't show in the final product. Uh, product. I'm sure the butterflies will go away in time. Better go for now. Continued success, and thank you once again for keeping me entertained at work. Bonus points. Ding 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 ding. He listens at work. And again, that's from Russell Bragg in Clarksburg. West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Ooh, this one's freshy fresh new. No, listen, let's. Ah, brand new email. This one's from August 14th. It's just entitled. Podcast, which is a very original title for a uh, for feedback to a podcast. He says, "Hi guys, this is I'm a big fan of the show. This one is from Sneak I think Jake this is Heroes? the same. Yeah, I think this is the same guy that wrote the other one that I couldn't read the name Razor or something. I okay. think, uh, but it's not signed. Oh wait, yes, it is. It's signed with a SG again. So I don't know who this is. Whoever you are, write in. Give us your real name. We need to know who you are. Says I'm a big fan of the show. I found out about Two True Freaks." Uh, when listening to the batman universes taking flight podcast hmm oh that's uh, taking flight is that that's just want to oh shit i want to oh, give the prop... is it tom Panarese reese that does that one that's the one about dick grayson right
1: ooh guys me in so much trouble yeah so I'm sorry, gonna get i was so much watching top gun man <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> every time i listen i laugh at the hilarious stories you guys tell I recently listened to the storyteller's episodes and was wondering whether you would make any more.
1: I love them. What do you think? Rolling on we're the gonna, floor. We're well, gonna make swarm I have. I I wrote him back actually, but I'll I'll basically paraphrase what I said. I have. I personally have two more in the hopper, that I definitely know I could do a podcast for, and I'll just leave them cryptically at their titles for you to figure out one is fairly obvious the other one is it refers into the story so it might not make a lot of sense um the first one's i made c3po cry oh yeah and and uh the second one is chris versus music which will be all my band stories
0: well, I, I have two thoughts on this.
1: One is, you and I, we, we were
0: talking about this just before we got recording, actually. You and I have been in communication very, very recently with someone who's just joined the oh, yeah. 21st century in the world of Facebook who's itching to come back onto the show. Uncle Randy. That's all I'll say. He said he would kill. Yes, the he said he
1: show. Oh yeah. As if as if there was any way we could do the enemy within show without him. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but see, I want to get him in and do a storytellers. Mm-hmm. Here's my other thought though. You got to remember what I do for a living. And I'm a little concerned about putting a little bit too much of myself out there and I'm also kinda of worried about what are the statute of limitations on some of the things that are liable to come up in these conversations. The seven years. Know?
1: Seven years. We didn't do any any ones that are you know, we didn't do any capital offences, so we're good on that. Maybe you didn't, but
0: <laughs> uh anyway he's he continues here he says i loved them he says they had me rolling on the floor thanks for all you do and again that's signed sg sg please write in let us know what the hell your name is at least your first name anyway next one here is super brief and it shames me because i think i know what the writer is going for on this uh i'm just going to read it real quick the uh the title on it is sponsorship And this is by Tim Elliott. And he says, does two true freaks still accept sponsorships for shows? I hope this isn't Tim taking me to task, but if it is, it's fully deserved. Tim. Yes, we do, buddy. I have gotten the sponsorships that you've sent recently. I greatly appreciate them. And I've been a lazy shit with getting things properly addressed to the proper people and funds sent out and all this sort of thing to make sure that the proper shows are being taken care of and all that. So believe me, we, we have gotten the sponsorships you put through. I just need to make sure everything gets filtered to the appropriate people. So if you haven't heard your shout outs yet, I deeply apologize. I will get on that right away. I promise. But yes, we do continue to accept sponsorships for the show. That's the other thing that keeps the lights on here at uh, Court Headquarters. Yeah. So please, as you can do it, guys. And I mean, again, we're not asking for, you know, massive donations. And any little bit helps. Um, you know, just the occasional, you know, yeah. quarter in the in the swear jar helps us so much.
1: You know well, what I like, mean? Anything The, like the sponsorships that. are sort of an, are like the premium. Like, if, if you're really excited, you know, the Amazon thing is I like it because you don't have to be like, ah, $5 to two true freaks. Because, I mean, honestly, um, you know, even $5 these days, if you sent $5 to everything that you thought was cool you'd be broke pretty quick and you know most people think their families are really cool cooler than us and stuff so that's why i like the amazon thing because that's something people just use anyway so it just sort of it helps us out and it doesn't it doesn't put an extra drain on them but like when someone does a sponsorship that's money out of their pocket so i like always appreciate that more that's why that's why you get your name attached on it's like pbs you know if if we were if we were big if we were bigger you know you'd get a tote bag or something like that or the making of doctor who book or something like that but we're too too freaks, so we say your name <laughs> that's about in our budget but you know someday someday we might have some decorative tote bags for you guys i know you all have used for them
0: now, did you have any that you wanted to uh, to jump in on? Because that's everything in the general pile. Everything else I've got is, uh, is Star Wars. The next stack is Star Wars related stuff. So if you have any that you wanted to uh, jump on, feel free.
1: I'm looking for one. I got one for uh, the long play show. Go ahead. All right. Hey, Chris and Bob or Luke. And as far as long play is concerned, you're right on all three counts. I've been on all the long plays now, but that doesn't make me the host of long play. It, it basically is and anybody, any of the two true freaks people, and if somebody's really raring to go, I'll do a long play with any combination of two people. It's basically just two people in a format. On um, So, you know, Paul Spataro just did one. With me, uh, Sean Engel did did another one. So uh,
0: now, let me ask you something on that subject. Now I, I have to confess, I haven't listened to a long play yet.
1: Um, that's not a, any like animosity. Well, the first or one will be right up your alley.
0: Wait, what was the first one?
1: Sergeant Pepper's.
0: Oh, okay. See, I I need to. I just hadn't made it to them yet. Now I'm curious. How do you do that? If you're not able to have or are you able to have the music actually playing no. while you're discussing? No? no. So it's just a general discussion we take notes,
1: we band. take notes listening here it is behind the scenes. We uh we we will listen to I'll, I'll basically when I have a long play when I know there's a long play show coming up, I just basically put, you know, queue up that that record and just listen to it all the time when I'm working on stuff. So it's just sort of getting into my brain, and then, you know, the day before, within a day or two before the show, I will uh, sit down and listen to it and do it like, um, like we would do a TV show or something. I'll take notes on each individual song. And then basically, yeah, we just talk about each song and we make sure to just sort of introduce it. And the show format, you hear a little bit of the song at the beginning, and then we start talking. So you never so you're not basically listening to the whole album it's It's almost like a movie commentary, except we're not watching the movie but um, you know what's really wonderful about editing, and I know you've experienced this before, good and bad, but when it's good, it's great there's there's been some moments in every single episode of Long Play where we're talking, and when we record it, we're not listening to it. we don't know where in the song it is. And, uh, and so if we usually talk longer than the, the song is, depending on what ep- album we're listening to. But um, there's been parts where we're talking about something and that part happens in the music right there.
0: That's cool. All I have cool. to
1: do is turn it up a little bit and sit there and pat myself on the back that people are going to think that I did that on purpose. And they're going to go, how did they time that? Are they listening to this at the same time? No, it's just blind luck but it seems to happen about once each show so people can uh, when you're listening you can see if you can spot that the one I'm waiting for you to listen to is the Daft Punk one I think uh, I'd be very curious I think you would really like that album it's just got a total there's there's something ELO and Thomas Dolby alternating to it you know especially the slower more ethereal songs, but anyway, I should read this email. I uh,
0: I just want to say uh, I I know I've thrown my my you know my hat in the ring or whatever the hell the expression is several times for that, but I, I'd really like to be on that show for for several different albums. So yeah, whenever you you've got it in your itinerary, whenever there's an opening,
1: I'm interested. It. I I don't know I I don't know what we should do. if There's there I mean, to me, the natural for you and I to do first would either be um, Billy Joel, the Nylon Curtain, or a Thomas Dolby, either the Flat Earth or the Golden Age of Wireless.
0: I, I mean, you've, you've thrown the Thomas Dolby one out before. I, I know I was really enamored of him when I was a kid. Not so much anymore. I haven't listened to any of that shit since we were kids. See, so I've th- been th-
1: listening to it lately and then going like, you know what? I knew what I was... <laughs> we knew what we were doing when we were listening to this. That's this is funny. really... I, and it's a lot of the stuff... Like it's actually a lot of the stuff you liked. A lot of the slower stuff that I was like. I mean, naturally, we both like hyperactive, right? And 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 she blinded me with science and, and the you know the crazy stuff, Dolby's Cube and and things like that. But um, oh, that would be a great album too. Uh, Aliens ate my Buick. That's a that'd that's be an interesting album.
0: one, yeah. Um. The one the one I'd really like to do first I'd like to do time
1: by, by ELO. Elo yeah oh well that's a great I would be yeah okay. you wouldn't have to okay so there we go we've set it on the air so that's the Scott Gardner Scott Gardner's first one will be time by ELO, which is a great album mm-hmm. and way ahead of its time very much so uh, there's a there's a line in that
0: album. That gets truer for me every single day.
1: All I, I ELO always had the greatest beginnings because I remember this one has the like um, vocodered voice, just like and see that's why that's why I want you to hear that Daft Punk um, album because it it reminds me of, it's got a lot of vocoder. The Time album would actually be a really good comparison. Yeah, I just love that. Right. And ELO is also the band that taught me how to talk backwards. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Anyway, email. There's an email here about this uh, from Kyler W. Mondelo, Mondello or Mondello. So I'm guessing that's all one word. Yeah, Kyler Mondello. Okay, maybe I should read the signature at the end. (laughs) And he's a first-time emailer, long-time listener. Hey, Chris and Bob or Luke. Yes. Thank you for doing this awesome show. You're welcome. I love music so much, especially the enjoyment of listening to full albums. So a podcast about music is a groovy idea. See, he used the music word groovy there. You guys have a good format. I like how you guys break down each song and review it. Sgt. Peppers was a perfect first episode. Thank you. I thought so, too. And to have Luke on there, too. It was like, it was like Nixon going to China. Please keep them coming. Can I suggest some albums? And he suggests any talking heads. Moody Blues, Days of Future Past, Led Zeppelin 2, Bob Dylan Highway 61 Revisited, and Velvet Underground. And I would say yes to everything on that list. Um, Led Zeppelin, there's going to be more than one Led Zeppelin album. Because I can tell you right now, people. If, if there was only going to be one Led Zeppelin, there would be fights, man. Because there's a lot of people who would want to do Led Zeppelin. Including you, you're a big Led Zeppelin fan too, right? Used to be. What, you hate them now? what they do?
0: No, 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 I mean, just... You just don't listen
1: to them that much anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I haven't listened to
1: what is, is a big fan.
0: The last few times I've dug out anything Zeppelin to listen to, it's actually been Dread Zeppelin, so...
1: <laughs> I was just explaining Dread Zeppelin and how awesome they were to somebody the other day, and they were like, yeah, whatever, it sounds like a joke band, and I'm like, no, you have no idea how good they were. <laughs> no, they were actually really good. Any albums, too. But, uh, yeah, Kyler, um... And if you ever think of a, uh, you know, if you ever want to be on one and you have a, sp- um, I, and, you know, I can't remember who it was, but it was another listener. Um, I think he, he IM'd me over um, Facebook, you know, late at night, or maybe I noticed it later night, but it was just sort of a, and uh, I'm trying to was it a Bruce Springsteen album? It wasn't a Bruce Springsteen album. I can't remember, but it was something that I didn't think, th- it was U2, it was a, one of the more modern U2 albums, and I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested, and then I was like, but I'd be interested in doing it if you came on, if it's one of your favorites, you know, and, you know, I'll extend that to other people, you know, I, I it, that's sort of what I did to Luke with um, Sergeant Peppers is, not, he's not a big Beatles fan at all, <laughs> you can put it that way and uh he took a listen to it someday i want to do a stunt episode where we take like britney spears first album and you know what would be really interesting another album i'd love to do sometime is to do
0: yellow submarine because oh, yellow submarine would be really cool to do because one 50, side of 50. it yeah. is all of their well not all of their songs but many of their songs that were featured in the film and then the other side is, is the Martin's George Martin's uh, score, which I really like. So, yeah, that'd be very interesting to cover.
1: Yeah, that's a great score, too. That's one of the most dynamic scores mm-hmm. ever. It's almost like watching the cartoon, listening to it. Yeah,
0: I got an extended version of that not long ago that I really, really
1: like. I, would very have, I, I will have to talk about that later. Because I'm hearing it, and I'm hearing like the whir, 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 whir. There's actually a sad trombone cue in it at one. There is a uh, – that that's a score that's really good to listen
0: to, like late at night, like as you're intending yeah. to fall asleep or something. That makes a really good late-night score to listen. That's a really good late-night movie.
1: Oh, yeah. That, I, that's almost the only way I've ever watched that movie. The first yep. time I saw it, it was on it. It started at midnight or something on yep. TV. I remember not long ago,
0: I think it was you and I, I remember talking uh, uh, about movies that you could watch like seriously late at night and kind of drift in and out and it would kind of add to the quality of the movie. Mm -hmm. And the two that that occurred to me at the time were Tron and Star Trek The Motion Picture. And I was trying to think that there was another one that I just couldn't remember what it was. That's the other one is Yellow Submarine is that perfect... Like seriously late at night, maybe you've been having a little bit too much to drink or something. You're watching a movie and you're just kind of in and out through the entire thing. Yellow Submarine is freaking
1: perfect for that. You ever seen Fantastic Planet? Not Forbidden yes. Planet. Yes, but the, the animated, yeah, the French animated one. Yeah, it won yeah. like the con Award or stuff. Khan! I love that. Khan! I love that movie. And that's another one that I think I've only seen late, late. The first time I caught it was on, you know, like Cinemax, and it was on at 2 in the morning. I'm like, what the hell is this?
0: What was that one? It was, I think it was
1: Italian. It was like an Italian version of
0: Fantasia that you kept trying to get me to watch all the time. I found another run on Tropo.
1: Yes. Yeah that, was one that was,
0: yeah, that was another one that was like that. A lot of yeah.
1: people know about that because there was one segment of it that got licensed out to a lot of... Uh, touring bands and they would play it oh you know as a like a, a part of a show at, at concerts and it's like a spaceship landing on a barren planet and you see uh you know you don't see a spaceman but you just see a coke bottle fly from the spaceship and hit the bottom it's got a little backwash in the bottom of it and the spaceship <laughs> takes off and then you and then it's Ravel's bolero and you just see that that little splotch you know getting hit by cosmic radiation and turning into a blob that starts you know evolving until it becomes you know monkeys and and dinosaurs and uh, it's just it's amazing it's amazing and the the amazing thing is it was one guy animated that that thing you know he basically did fantasia it was his parody of it but Oh, I, I, yeah. Oh, my God. Thanks for reminding me. I might have to look that up and watch that again. I haven't watched that in many years. I used to. My copy of that was on, um, I had to play it off an 8-millimeter camcorder because I was in New Orleans. And I'd read about it in the Roger Ebert Guide to Video. And I was like, I have to check that movie out. It sounds amazing. And I saw it in a video store in New Orleans when we were down there for Mardi Gras. And and rented it and brought it home and dubbed it onto my camcorder, and, hmm. and I had to watch it off that for for many years. I didn't know you'd ever been to New Orleans. That hmm. could be another storyteller's episode in itself. <laughs> Mike Cross is involved in that. Uh, I'll I'll give you a quick quick <laughs> snapshot of how how wasted Mike Cross was at, at one point is uh. I have videotape on that same camcorder of us of us going, you know, doing one of those, come on, Mike, get out of the bathroom. What the hell? And going in and Mike's like, I'm taking a piss. And it was this little tiny bathroom in this little tiny apartment. And basically, if you sat on the toilet, you were facing the sink. Mike was pissing in the sink. All he had to do was turn 180 degrees. He could have been pissing in the toilet. He's pissing in the sink, and, and I have video, tasteful, from behind, going, Mike, you're pissing in the sink. And he looks back at me with this look on his face and just goes, No way. And continues <laughs> going about his business. <laughs> so, yeah, I did go to New Orleans. <laughs> we drove down there nonstop. Sink, toilet,
0: what's the difference? Yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah, it all... At this point in history, it doesn't matter anyway. It's long (laughs) long gone. It was a party it was the the guy we were staying with was a friend of my roommate and he was a he was a partying guy, so I'm sure there'd been worse things that had gone down that sink.
0: It's funny that you should mention uh, Mike Cross, because on the way home today I was listening to I'm not sure what episode it was, six, seven, eight, something like that, of Garage Sale Glow. I'm I've been listening to that show, but I'm convinced that I may have missed episodes somewhere, so I decided. You know what? There's only like 16 of them. I'm just going to go back and listen through from the beginning again. So I've been listening back through, and I just I don't tell you this enough. I love that show. I, I think it's great. I love the idea behind it. I like the delivery. I got I one like with you guest
1: something. I got a hmm? guest star coming on the next one. Do you? Yeah, Johnny Bueno from the funny book Underbelly ah. joined us. You guys need to bring
0: that show back again, too. Now I sound like the listeners, because well, they're always bugging me about,
1: well, you need to bring back this and that. There, and there like, are yeah, negotiations. Yeah, negotiations are going on for the funny book underbelly to to be
0: Before that comes back, back proper with you two, though, you and I still need to get around to doing Omaha the Cat Dancer, because I want to do that. I know we talked about it a while ago, and I <laughs> began the reading project on it, and then
1: it just kind of petered out somewhere, no pun intended. And, uh, but I would like, I would really like to do that. Well, here's how, here's how funny book underbelly is coming back is I'm basically making a Johnny Bueno show because I just don't have time to edit another show. So he's going to set it up, but I know he would be totally into, into doing an Omaha, the cat dancer show. So it's going to be one of those shows where I just have to do the homework and go in and and talk. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, we'll set that up. But yeah, um, yeah, the, the, we're, we're we're working on. It. He's got a he's got a snowball microphone, and um, we're gonna we're gonna record a few shows and then work on. He's he hasn't done any editing before, so we're gonna work on, you know, showing him how to edit and get him all the cues and openers and.
0: See, I want to do. I've been itching to do a solo project again, but I don't want to do a solo project that involves you know a lot of production value you know what I right, mean? Right. I'd love to bring back Jonah Hex but the only way to do Jonah Hex the way I want to do it is to do it like I was doing it before with the high production values and everything and that shit takes
1: forever,
0: serious time and I just don't have the. it's not that I don't have the passion to do it the reason I'm not doing it is because I have the passion for it I don't want it to just be slapdash, so that's why it doesn't happen. If I can't do it the way I want to do it, I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I I totally know. I think it was the very last episode I ever did of that. I did it kind of the cheaping out way, where instead of doing voices and special, you know, sound effects and all that, I just did it as a, okay, here's a synopsis, here's a review, here's what I thought, you know, have a good night. And I hated it. I was like this. Sounds like every other goddamn index show that's out there. And that's not the show I wanted to do. So that's why I stopped doing it. The Superman one, I'll be honest, I just got lazy. But I've been itching to just do like not, you know what I'd like to do is I'd like to do just a show that's just like me. You know what I mean? So it can be any
1: subject. Like, you Wasn't know, it that going to be, oh, no, it's Scott Gardner? <laughs> it
0: was. It was. And then that just never really materialized for a number of reasons. But I've been thinking about kind of bringing that idea back again and just doing, you know, just a solo show that's that doesn't really have a set topic. You know, so, I mean, one episode might be my thoughts on my drive to work. You know, another show might be me walking around in a in a park or you know, out for a out for a walk in my neighborhood. It might be me just bitching about something that happened that week or, you know, anything. I kinda like that idea, but there's there's a part of me that's that's like, who the hell would want to listen to that? You know? But I don't know.
1: Yeah, they listen lesson.
0: to us read the phone yeah. book and you take a shit. So they'll pretty much listen to anything is what I'm convinced of at this point. So Anyway Alright, stop me
1: if you've heard this from before. Was that all for your email, by the way? I'm looking for one. I know there was one, um, that, um, from Tim Elliott, I'm looking for it here, that he sent, and it was sort of in the, in the same, um, same vein of, um, shows that haven't been around, and he was asking if he had some fan fiction And was asking if there was going to be another media masochist. And once again, it's like the Jonah Hex one. It's like, that show's a little more thrown together. But at the same time, I have to really sit down and watch some horrible piece of shit. And and it's hard to... When I was unemployed... Hey. (laughs) Any time I could find two hours to do that. But that's sort of... You know, I bet like every once in a while a media masochist it's just sort of like it's gonna pop up every six months to a year when something really horrible happens, you know, cinematically or something that really gets my goat, you know. Uh but um which is unfair of me because that show should really be ninety nine ninety nine percent, you know, viewer challenges. <laughs> so I'm promising Tim Elliott. I'll 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 get on it. There's there's a few I have on my list. I'm I'm supposed to have been there's a show that I've been planning to do with Luke Jack and Eddie. That was going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Oh, that movie was terrible. <laughs> but that's about it. I still can't find. <laughs> I was well scrolling through while I was while while you're looking. Can't find it. Stop
0: me if you've heard this one before, because this sounds familiar, but I'm really not sure if we've addressed this one on the show, or if the topic just sounds familiar. Anyway, the the subject heading on it is Star Wars Monthly Monday, number 62, Space Gorillas, not Space Gorillas. This one's by Luke, Jack, and Eddie. This one goes back a ways. This one's back back in April. He says, Freaks. I had to laugh when you guys made uh, sure to specify gorillas, not gorillas, in the second story you covered this time out. Dr. Bill Robinson and producer Paul Spataro had the same, exact same conversation in their Predator commentary. When I was a kid, like Mr. Spataro, I always thought that when I heard gorillas, I thought they meant gorillas. So when Billy talks about gorillas in US Army boots in Predator, my seven-year-old brain was very confused. Space Gorillas are much more interesting than Space Gorillas, but Space Gorilla Gorillas would be best of
1: all. <laughs> that might almost be too much for my brain to handle, man. I might just... Exp- that would be the way to go, though, just exploding in pure joy. I'm, I'm with Luke 100% there. Okay, then we get to the sappy part
0: of the letter, but uh-huh. I, you know, I love his sentiment here. He says it will be sad to see Marvel Star Wars coverage come to an end. He says it has been one of the constants of this network and one of the aspects which truly made it unique to me back in the early days of dabbling in the world of nerd podcasting. So while I'm sad to see it go, despite that, I have no nostalgia nor fond memories of the series, having never read it uh, beyond a story here or there. I am also uh, I'm also intrigued by where the show will go next. Sorry, this is so long. So I leave with a question: With the upcoming format shakeup, any chances uh, we can get back to the Clone Wars TV show? Thanks, and again, that's from Luke and I I gotta be honest, me personally, I, I just have no interest. What?
1: How do you feel about that? I think about that late at night sometimes. <laughs> really. Yeah, I'm. I, I really liked. I thought the Clone Wars had a little kind of a shaky start, but really, really got good. And I have not um, watched the last season of it yet. I think I watched the first four or five episodes of the last season, but I was really enjoying it. And it just sort of got lost in the, the shaking down of time but now that the new rebels cartoon is coming out it's made me think of of the clone wars cartoon more and and i'd love to it's it's just all of it is just a matter of i mean most of the editorial decisions it seems like we make are just in the effort of getting keeping the keeping the show on track keeping it right keeping it coming out you know having the time to do it because over time with a show with our with a show on two true freaks with scott Knight, things tend to you know we we set up a show and then things start tending to stick to it and uh and after a while some things have to get unstuck if we're gonna you know if, if we're gonna be able to do shows that are you know less than three hours long exactly every month
0: See, when we were doing Clone Wars before, I, for me personally, the biggest reason I feel like we, we got away from doing it was I just felt like the shows, the, the Star Wars Monthly Monday shows, were just becoming a little unwieldy. Because to me, Star Wars Monthly Monday existed for one purpose, and that was to spotlight Marvel Star Wars. And there were a lot of episodes. As I go back and listen to some of the earliest episodes of, of, Marvel, of uh, Star Wars Monthly Monday... I I find them to be kind of a struggle to get through because what I'm listening back for and what I wanted to record them for was to spotlight the comics. And some of those episodes are brutally long. Really long. And three-fourths of the episode involves everything but the Marvel star. So by the time we get to the comics, sometimes I feel like the comic got short shrift. And that bothers me because I like the fact that now as we finished it, we did the whole thing. So it ex- it's out there. it exists. We put Can't our stamp on that
1: We did the whole yeah. thing.
0: But some of those earliest episodes because of all the extra meat that we packed into them, they' they're a little unwieldy. they're a little clumsy. so uh, there's there's been a, a part of me that's so damn tempted to start the whole thing over again and just go back and cover like, you know, the first 30 something, you know, like what was it? The first 38 issues that were just, you know, from, from the first movie till empire just to do them again, cleaner, trimmer, you know, more concise that probably won't happen, but damn, I'm tempted because (laughs) I'm just not real happy with, not, not the episode as a whole, but just the, that specific portion of those episodes. I, I feel like sometimes Marvel Star Wars got sandwiched into all this other content. Most of it Clone Wars. And I guess the Clone Wars part of it bothers me because eventually we did just kind of abandon it. So now looking back at it, it just feels awkward. It, it's this clumsy thing that we were trying to do and eventually we're just like, Nah, to hell with it. And we just dropped it. I don't even know where we left off. And... For me personally, with the whole Clone Wars things, it's not like that. I thought it got bad or anything. It was I just, just kinda, like Swamp just Thing. We stopped of, when it was just starting to get good. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of lost interest. And everything I've seen with Rebels, none of it has gotten me excited about
1: it. I'm I like just the video not... style of it. It could it could go either way. I'm I'm waiting to see it, but uh, it could it it could be good. It seems to be basically. It, it really seems like they just took the Clone Wars. And move them over to rebels, you know. So right. And said, so do something different from in a different time period, and give it a a, a Ralph MacQuarie feel to it. And it's it's got a sort of cartoony Ralph MacQuarie feel to it. So I'm waiting to see, you know. So the I the there's things about the clips that I've seen that I like and that I don't like, but. The stuff that I don't like could be okay depending on what the context it's in. We'll see. We'll see. It could... I really liked Clone Wars and in the future we're still gonna have a Star Wars show. So, I mean, we definitely could... Whether we do it, like, show by show, we could hit and run shows or we could do a season. You know, or something like that sometime but uh i would i would not i don't i wouldn't put it off the menu in the future
0: maybe of Star maybe wars specials coverage. maybe like i, I think yeah. we talked about doing that before and it just never materialized because one thing i, I did <laughs> always feel bad about was that we did have todd grady joining us on a regular yeah. basis and, and it just kinda kind of fell off the, the highlight of
1: doing clone wars really more than the car, the the episodes right <laughs> the truth
0: it, it, it did occur to me recently because um, just through dumb luck happenstance uh, very recently uh, I won tickets to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it was about a week in advance of when the movie premiered nationally. And so um, you know I, had, I could bring one guest along with me so I invited uh, Dr. Bill to come up and he drove up from Tampa and we went together. So while we're standing in line waiting to get in. This guy walks up to me and he's like, "Scott?" and I'm like, "I'm sorry, homeless man. Do I know you?" And then I realized, "Holy shit, it's Todd Grady." I totally didn't recognize him. <laughs> I guess he's him. not
1: using the straight razors I sent him. And,
0: uh, yeah, exactly. He's he's got a big old bushy beard now and every and I just I come If I had tripped over him, I wouldn't have known who he was. I was just stunned. And it was him and uh, and Eric had come up for this thing and they had also, you know, won tickets to it and everything. So we actually all went together. And it was so good to see those guys I mean it's been years now since I we'd gotten to see them and hang out with them and everything it was so nice and as we were talking and just kind of catching up on things that were going on I just kept coming back to this feeling like like I just you know not I don't want to say abandon these guys but it's I just lost touch you know and I hate that I hate when that happens because there's some of our best friends in the podcasting community and I just felt so bad that Literally, years had gone by with with you know nary a word back and forth, and I felt really bad about that. So, any way at all that we can bring them back into the fold and back into the family, I'd really like to do that. So, well,
1: Todd is the goddamn voice of Two True Freaks. He's like, yeah, he's, he's Mr. Voice. He's yeah, basically the lion at the beginning of MGM movies.
0: Yeah, he certainly is. Yeah, when you guys hear the the opener to all the shows, it says "and now," you yep. know, the Two True Freaks. That's Todd, and
1: um. I was, was thinking just about funny this the other because day. We, someone we was like that. someone said oh I thought that was they thought it was me and I'm like I sound nothing, nothing like, like that. that yeah I have oh, no deepness funny. to my voice like that
0: well, you know uh Todd and I and bill did a uh, a roundtable um
1: virtually spoiler free review of the movie right after we went to that thank uh, you preview. for reminding me of that because now I've seen the movie now I've I as soon as I saw the movie, I'm like, now I can listen to that podcast, and then it dripped right out of my brain. I try not to take it personally, but it really bugged me that so many people were like, "Yeah, I'll listen to
0: this after I saw the movie." And it's like, no, goddamn it! The whole reason we did it is that you would listen to it before you <laughs> go to the afraid. movie.
1: They're too the afraid. too The problem
0: was the problem was the name. As I put something yep. like almost spoiler free, I should have just put free. spoiler free because yep. the yep because that's what got me. Thing. I was like,
1: I was like. Well, what's that semi spoiler? What is yeah, it? I don't want to know I'll, it.
0: I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what it was. I can tell you now because the world has seen this movie and been blown away by it, which makes me very happy. The only thing, the only reason I didn't say it was spoiler free is that we mentioned that there was a celestial in the movie and I just felt obligated to to put almost spoiler free because I didn't want somebody to listen to it and go Oh my God, there's a Celestial. All oh, you bastards, I, I wish you hadn't yeah. told me. So that's the only reason I did that. But that was the only spoiler in that review was that I couldn't contain my enthusiasm by the fact that we got a friggin' Celestial on screen in the movie. That blew me away. But I really wish that I could have just named that completely spoiler free episode, you know, so that well, people listen. Because I, I, I'm to telling have, you. You
1: need I, to have a spoilerific. Uh, yes, we do. Cape, I can't believe that hasn't
0: happened yet. And,
1: and, and, you know, we need to have a, a Planet of the Apes one, too, because we dedicated a whole month to building up to that movie, and it sort of got, I think, eclipsed by time and Guardians of the Galaxy. But that's mm-hmm. a damn fine movie, too. I mean, that and Guardian of the Galaxy were, like, the greatest one-two summer punch I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. This this has been Lonely, a really good year for movies, yeah. For movies. Yeah. And that, in, and that, and, and like, a little space of time, I saw that, Snowpiercer, and uh, Apes, Snowpiercer, and Guardians, and I was just like, that was three for three. Mm-hmm.
0: And...
1: Uh, and- not to mention Captain America.
0: Oh, but where I was going with that, though, is we did our little our our little roundtable, you know, review recap thing, and it was uh, Bill and I and Todd, and I mentioned in that that Todd was Mr. Voice in case people. I I just naturally assume people knew that, but I guess it was a mystery. I don't know why
1: they would, yeah.
0: And m- much later, as I'm editing the episode and getting ready to put it out there, it suddenly occurs to me that not only do they hear. Todd's voice, every single two true freaks, they hear Eric Peterson's voice every single Back to the Bins because he's Mr. Voice in the intro to that show. The one that says Back to the Bins. Yeah, that's you're Eric right. Peterson. You're right. I totally had forgotten that, but that's Eric Peterson. So yeah, there you go. There's our there's our mystery voices solved for you.
1: They're like two halves of Mel Blank or something.
0: <laughs> All right, same thing correct me stop me if you've heard this one before because again this this one seems very familiar to i maybe just because i've read these before not necessarily read them on the air but this one just seemed very familiar to me this one is uh also from april also addressing star wars monthly monday number 62 so i guess this uh, episode hit a nerve uh this one is actually from our very good friend the irredeemable shag and this one says howdy freaks As always, I'm really enjoying Star Wars Monthly Mondays. Looking forward to whatever lies ahead after you complete the Marvel UK material. I wanted to chime in on the Grand Admiral Thrawn discussion. I'm sure you've grown somewhat tired of this topic. Yes, I have. (laughs) But I believe I bring a slightly different perspective and an offer to the table. Personally, I'm a fan of Grand Admiral Thrawn. I think he's awesome. However, I also recognize that my opinion is significantly influenced by the Star Wars culture that existed when I first read Heir to the Empire. When the novel was first published in 1991, I was starved for new Star Wars. I'm going to stop right there for a minute and come out of the letter. Dude, I think that's the entire reason that trilogy of novels has the killer rep that it has. They waited till Not everybody that they was were...
1: so hungry. Exactly. that
0: Exactly. It's not that they were great. It's that they were all there was after a long dry spell.
1: If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with.
0: Exactly. You know, that's my opinion. Feel free to, to agree or disagree, but that's why I think they, they are held in such high esteem. I think a lot of it's nostalgia value. I think most people, when they go back and reexamine it subjectively, will find those books really are not good.
1: I think anyway, that's, that's what he's planning on doing.
0: He says, uh, he continues here, he says, as you've both noted, Star Wars was uh, practically dead property from 1986 to 1991. The action figures in the comic had stopped. Just about the only merchandise being produced during these years were the West End Games role-playing books. The hardcore fans had become the sole torchbearers for Star Wars. When Heir to the Empire came along... I was predisposed to any, uh, to accept anything new and interesting. Mark Kalmbach's letter in your previous episode touched on many of the thoughts I wanted to share, specifically about how Thrawn was so different from Darth Vader and the other carbon copies. No force nonsense, just a brilliant strategic mind. One aspect of Thrawn I liked was his management style. Thrawn rewarded competent staff and dealt fairly with mistakes, a huge departure from Vader's management school of Chokobich. <laughs> Additionally, Dark Empire was released shortly after the first novel uh, in the trilogy, and I thought the Emperor's reincarnation was utterly ridiculous and smacked of plot desperation. That made Thrawn seem so much cooler by comparison. Bear in in mind, this was at a time when the Star Wars EU was very small, so Thrawn stood above and beyond most EU characters that had appeared up to this point. It's also fair to note my love of Thrawn is limited to the original uh, Thrawn trilogy. Most subsequent books featuring the character were disappointing, with a few exceptions made uh, for the odd short story. I'll grant you that studying a species artwork was a questionable strategy. Also, I recall seeing some plot holes while reading the books and doubting the validity of some of Thrawn's deductions. However, like the many forms of beloved entertainment, we gloss over the wobbly bits and focus on the parts we like. These questionable parts in the series lead me to wonder whether I loved Thrawn simply due to my own desperation for Star Wars, or did he truly deserve the mantle of Mega Star Wars baddie? My Offer to the Two True Freaks in an effort to study Grand Admiral Thrawn's value as a Star Wars villain, I'll reread the original Thrawn trilogy. I'll pay special attention to the character and his actions. I'll do my best to be impartial and document what worked and what didn't. I'll report back to you freaks with my findings. Thanks for inspiring this reading project. Looking forward to it. And again, that's from the Irredeemable Shag. Uh, host and co-host of several shows. Uh, he lists here the Fire and Water podcast, Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC universe, uh, Who True Freaks, uh, which is also a proud member of the Two True Freaks network, and also Firestormfan.com.
1: I say Thank this you, to Sean, or to, to Shag. You won't do it. <laughs> you won't do it. Well,
0: Come it on. has been since April, so... <laughs> you won't do it. I'll have to get back with him and let him know that we did address the letter on the air. If he's still interested in doing it, then all right, we'll we'll find a way to squeeze it in somewhere in the new format. This next one I really really like. Uh, this one is simply entitled "Star Wars Weekend 2014." This is from Chris and Cindy Franklin, which I think are uh, are some new folks writing to us here. It says, "Hi, Scott." Thanks for sharing your Star Wars weekend experience. My family and I visited Disney World two years ago, specifically during Star Wars weekend for our son. He got to meet Jake Lloyd and get his autograph on an Anakin figure. Oh, that's cool. It says, I know uh, Lloyd is derided by fans, but for my son, it was a big deal. I could see that being a big deal for my kids. Oh, yeah. I really could because, you know, we older fans, of course, give Lloyd no end of grief. But my kids were little when those movies came out and they really
1: identified with and I mm-hmm. think little kids kind of got think Phantom Menace in a way that we didn't. I think that's you know what I mean? I think that's uh I think that was Lucas's part of Lucas's goal, really. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why when, when we took Logan when he was I think he was five yeah he was five when uh when Sith came you know, Revenge of the Sith came out. I think that's one of the reasons he sat there and bawled when Anakin, you know, in, in the immolation scene there toward the end, not only was it scary to him, but he was watching a hero that he had seen grow up before his eyes and be a heroic figure fall much the same way as if Luke had fallen to the dark side at the end of return of the Jedi. We probably would have had a very similar reaction yeah. to that because we'd, we'd followed the pro the progress of this character. So them being small children they really identified with anakin and you know when you're a kid a lot of times you don't have that filter to tell oh this kid's a horrible actor or whatever right. you kind of identify because you're you're a clumsy kind of kid you're you know what i mean it's that whole they just take that
1: as kid. yeah they just take it as reality that's basic films are just kids yeah, just are sponges for movies they just get eaten up so in no, the reality
0: i i think that's really cool i really do uh, he says he was insanely jealous when he heard uh, Hamill was going to be there and tried to convince us to go back. We couldn't work, out that, uh, work that out this summer, so it was nice to at least hear the fanfare and Q&A with Hamill. We're actually going back to Disney World. By the way, I just want to correct Walt Disney World <laughs> this year, but in the fall. We've got tickets to Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween, and we are stoked. Well, my wife and I, are, the kids don't know yet. Thanks again for sharing. And again, that's from Chris Franklin, and he lists a couple of podcasts here. He's got a Supermates podcast, which you can find at www.supermatescomic. Www.supermates, uh, that's all one word: supermatescomic.blogspot.com. And also Power. Okay, Power Records. But he must be the other guy that does uh, the Power Records podcast because I was on that not long ago, and it was a blast. Uh, he that's a great topic
1: for a podcast too
0: yeah we did uh i was on there
1: did you do apes and we did yeah we did uh we did
0: uh two they they covered all four of them but i was on for two i was on for the original planet of the apes and i was on for beneath Yes, Beneath. I wanted to do Escape, but they didn't invite me for that one. Uh, but, uh, yes, it was it was the first two. It was for uh, Planet of the Apes and uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. An absolute blast. I had so much fun doing that. Uh, but the other one here, Power, Rets, power Records Podcast, that one's at, um, you know, this one's just an HTTP. It doesn't give a, a www, but it's fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com forward slash search forward slash label forward slash power Percentage twenty records. So I hope that works. If you try to punch that up, but if you just put in Power Records podcast in Google, I'm sure it will sure, come up
1: for sure you. You'll find it. Yeah,
0: really good show that I need to get caught up on their episodes because I had a hell of a time uh, both recording to and then listening back to that episode. It was a lot of fun. How are we doing on time? It is ten of ten. Got time for two more quick... If we get to these two more quick ones, that pretty much takes care of everything that I think needs to be addressed here, and the rest of them we can address in their proper shows. What do you think?
1: Sounds good to me.
0: All right, so here we go. We got another one from our buddy Tim Elliott. This one addresses Star Wars Monthly Monday number 63, or hurry, Star Force, hurry. Oh, good lord. I just, I know what this one's gonna be about. (laughs) Greetings, Dr. Bill and Gene. Ah, great episode on Space Battleship Yamato. Too late. I'm sure uh, enough. Wait, I'm sure enough in my. Oh, okay. I'm sure enough in my manhood to admit, after Scott's synopsis and the, that, the and the them music began. I, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're getting at here, Tim. This is and the and, oh, okay. The theme. I think theme music. Is what this, yeah. Theme music began. Uh, I giggled like a small child. Oh, Okay, he's talking about Scott Reifen. Did you listen to that episode? Yeah, that was him.
1: Scott Reifen did like the Micro Machine Man. It was, yeah, basically did did our whole run of Star Wars Monthly Monday in what, like five minutes? He's, it was, it was called Star Wars, or no, it was called uh, Marvel Star Wars in
0: five minutes. I think he told me because I talked to him about it later and just raved about it. I was like, dude, I loved that. I think he said it clocked in at something like eight and a half minutes. But it's if you haven't heard it, guys, go back and listen to the very beginning of Star Wars Monthly Monday sixty-three. It's a riot, and that bastard covered in like eight or nine minutes what it took us six years. He did to it cover. too.
1: I mean, he But he, he did. did it. Not, and, I thought it might be like thoroughly. sort of really slacking versions of it to get all the way through but he pretty much did it. <laughs> yeah,
0: he, did. he he hit on all the high points and low points, which I thought was, no, it was really, really funny. I mean, I listened to it like three times in a row, just laughing my ass it,
1: off. Well, and, and that was, that was the thing is, as, as everybody might not know or might know, it was a uh, assistant editors month. So Scott and I were oh, yeah. on yeah. vacation yeah. and just the allowed house? the, the, you know, the inmates to run the asylum, yeah, you right. know, when the head inmates left. And uh, so we were pretty much like, well, you know, whatever the cards throw up, we're on vacation. We we'll get and and battleship Yamato is something I don't think I I don't know much about it. I can bring up a picture of it, <laughs> the, the the battleship floating in space in my head, and that's about it. So I didn't know what to think, but then when I heard this, I was like, well, they definitely got their Star Wars content in. <laughs> that you can't say that the episode lacks actual Star Wars because it contains the entire run of Marvel Star Wars well see I will echo what I believe
0: it was Russell that said earlier that he was a little bit worried about what assistant editors month was going to be yeah you're telling me dude you know it's my show so I you know I, I was very concerned oh my god we're handing over the reins to the inmates what's gonna happen with this I, I think the results were mixed and generally pretty awesome yeah this is one that i was a little bit like really because i i gave bill no end of grief about it and he gave it right back to me he was like dude did you listen to the whole episode i'm like do you want an honest answer or do you want the bullshit make you feel better and he's like no no tell me i said i gave it about 45 minutes and when i realized you know, this. This really isn't a joke. They're, they're, they're really doing Star Blazers. I said I was out at that point. And he just kind of gave me this look like I just kicked his dog, you know. But I, I'm sorry, but that's cat. You know, I just don't give a rat's ass about Star Blazers. I love the idea. I just, it killed me that it was like you're taking an episode of Star Wars Monthly Monday and turning it into into Star. Anyway, I was really, I was really just giving a brief <laughs> about it. But anyway, I'll read the, I'll read the rest of the letter here. So, uh, I'm going to start this over again just to put it in proper context. He says, "Great episode on Space Battleship Yamato." Uh, I'm sure enough in my manhood that after Scott Rifen's synopsis and the theme music began, I giggled like a small child. Speaking of Scott Rifen, someone needs to create a TTF medal for going above and beyond. I agree wholeheartedly. That's a great idea. But back to Star Blazers. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, what I hope is one of many shows uh, about this classic anime. I fell in love with Star Blazers in the early 80s when I could catch it weekdays after school. Here in Dallas, it ran at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, so I was only able to catch it when I was sick or on holidays. I had watched Battle of the Planets and I'm a big fan of... Is it Gatchaman? Is that how you pronounce that? Gatchaman? Gatchaman? Uh, but this style of storytelling was richer, more sophisticated. Uh, my station never aired the third season, and when I finally watched it on Netflix, I was uh, shocked that the voice cast was completely different from season one and two. My affection for Yamato led me to Robotech, another dense anime with overarching or overarching stories and complex characters. Several years later, I really caught up in the uh, got really caught up in the love triangle between Rick. Minmei and Lisa you touched on several reasons why Star Blazers is a great show the music is wonderful and sets it apart from contemporary American counterparts and help build the character of the show the different musical themes were vital to setting a mood enhancing a scene or conveying an emotional beat I don't have the Yamato series soundtrack but I do have the Yamato movie song album with all the vocals from the theatrical release films The season-long story arcs also set it above your standard American cartoon. Star Blazers was space opera, and this uh, long-form storytelling would be at home on today's television schedule. The animation style was more sophisticated and fluid compared to, say, Super Friends. Uh, I developed a strong emotional connection to these characters, and the writers did not shy away from theme-dealing uh, from theme dealing with death, I think it's supposed to say themes. Themes dealing with death or, he's got lose, I think he means, means loss. Uh, I've tried, or excuse me, I've read rather, I've read that in the original Japanese, uh, the Yamada herself was more of a character, almost a hero, but the English version focused more on the crew. The Wave Motion Gun, he has an all capital letters, enough said. <laughs> A few things I've noticed about the show. Have either of you ever noticed uh, when there is an explosion in space, especially when a ship is hit, you hear a faint sound, effects, uh, sound effect of glass breaking? Ever noticed that Nova's radar screens look like a pair of breasts? <laughs> Yamato must have been the best repair crew in the universe because that ship could take the most catastro- catastrophic levels of damage and they always managed to put her back together. Uh, how could they recover when the drill missile? How could they recover when the drill missile tore through the entire length of the wave motion uh, gun barrel? I don't know. They
1: must have Marvel's
0: damage control and speed dial. He says. I'm sorry. What'd you say?
1: I honestly don't know.
0: Uh, says I'm going to try to keep this short. But great job, guys. I hope this will become a regular feed on the Two, uh, two True Freaks site. Uh, P.S. Do either of you own or have you seen the Yamato Perfect Manuals? Uh, I was lucky enough to pick up Volume One and Two in the 80s. They are like tech manuals with
1: loads of drawings, but it's all in Japanese. See, I'm a Cheers. S- uh, I'm sorry. I'm assuming he's asking uh, Gene and Bill. Yeah. About-
0: yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to forward this on to these guys to make sure that they get to see this. Uh, and again, that's from Tim Elliot in Texas. And Tim was not alone. I mean, a lot of praise for this episode. It's definitely uh, it definitely struck a nerve. Some people really, really, really into the Star Blazers. So, you know, on that subject, I, you know, if those guys want to do that, I think that's
1: awesome because I, I, I know there, that there that might be, There might be action in that direction.
0: I know that happened with um, one of the. You know, of course, Star Trek for us, uh, Star Trek Monthly Monday is actually two shows. We do a TOS show. We do a TNG show for Star Trek. And during Assistant Editor's Month, they changed it up a little bit. Not only was it completely different hosts, it was completely different subjects. Still Star Trek, but they did, uh, in, in place of TOS, they covered Enterprise. And in place of TNG, they covered Deep Space Nine they received such positive and overwhelming feedback for the DS9 episode that they're actually creating. I I think the first episode's actually uh, been posted. Uh, They actually created a DS9 podcast now that you can find on uh, on Two True Freaks. I think that's pretty awesome. And I uh, especially like that idea because now I don't have to cover it, which is great because I'm not a fan of... I was just having
1: this conversation with them the other day. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, and the thing about it is, and we were talking about Deep Space Nine and, Vo- and potential Voyager show, and, you know, some someday soon in the next year or so, Star Trek, the original series, we're going to work through all those. And we were just talking about how many years it t- would take to, say, go through Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and anything. It's just like, you and I will be old, old men. <laughs> If we decided to go episode through it by episode, yep. through every Star Trek, which I would love to do, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad forever. people are helping out. I like the Deep Space Nine one, when there's a couple episodes, I'll probably binge watch like three or four Deep Space Nines and then listen to the episodes. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Are they planning to do that in episode order? I think they are. I think they're going to go. They're going to do it similarly to we where we do Trek. Star- Star Trek the next generation Ooh. i don't think they're gonna yeah
0: <laughs> man those first i'm telling you those first two ep- or first, i think it's two seasons are
1: man they're rough <laughs> they're well, seriously they rough they may feel differently so I'm you know I mean I'm hoping that they're not gonna be doing a slog through it i'm hoping they're doing it because they have some of, I, I, I get the idea that they have some enthusiasm about them. So. Oh yeah,
0: no I mean, no, I, I'm not, I'm I'm joking mostly, I mean, I'm yeah. very happy that, that, you know, for their success on that, I'm glad that people liked it I consider Assistant Editors Month a smashing success, I really enjoyed it I was a little nervous, but overall, I was just really happy that you know, for one, they're giving us some time off. but I mean, that everybody was able to step up and, and do that, because I'll be honest with you, I don't know if we've talked about this actually on the air or not, but I give you all the credit for this, because when we first started, I'm pretty sure that this is actually in an episode. I could be wrong, but I remember a conversation that we had... And you had what at the time I figured was just another one of those, you know, patent pending Chris Honeywell, just wacky ass ideas that's never going to go anywhere because <laughs> you have these from time to time. I'm it's sorry to while. tell you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was, you,
0: were, you were going on and on about, you know what we could do? We could build this whole network and have all these people and eventually... <laughs> We might be able to just sit back and on our piles of cash and and just let everybody you know let everybody else run the show and we won't have to do shit. And I'm thinking to myself, I was not saying I was anything. Good on just everything on the
1: pile of cash. Yeah,
0: huh? yeah, yeah. it never happened. You know, it's another pipe dream. But you know, pretty damn close to that with assistant editor's month minus oh, yeah. the pile of cash. You know, yeah. I sat back on my pile of lint. But other than that, I mean, exactly what you said came true. We built this network. And uh, for rock month, and roll <laughs> for that month, we were actually able to go, you know what? Not feeling it this month. Let's take some time off and let them deal with this. And they did spectacularly. I mean, yeah. uh, two new shows are coming out of assistant editors month. I think that's pretty friggin awesome. So, yeah, I I, I really consider it a, a rousing success.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Maybe in future years we're going to have to have further <laughs> Assistant Editor's Month, and which will be even better because this first one sort of laid down a little gauntlet to to future. Because, I mean, when I was approaching all the two True Freak members a little behind the scenes, if, if five people wanted to do Star Trek Monthly Mondays and they all wanted to make Star Trek Monthly Mondays and put them up, yeah, have at it, Haas. That would be great, <laughs> you know? I mean, so... I'm hoping in the future that we get all kinds of wacky, you know, monthly Mondays, on a, you know, that it, it becomes something that, like, a pig pile, you know? A, a pig pile of people getting to do either, either something they really wanted to do and haven't got a chance to do, or to have a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, I don't know when the next time we burn out will be. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> It depends on so many factors. So, I
0: got. I think we got time for just one more. You know, no feedback show is complete without at least one email from Jason Trenner. So we got Jason wrapping up the episode here for us. Uh, It says the final Star Wars Monthly Monday is the uh, is the subject line on this one. He says, "Okay." Uh, he says, okay, guys. He says, did C- uh, C-3PO and R2 end up on a freaking version of Cybertron or the planet of junk? Uh, at least the place they ended up on sounded like uh, sounded like a bit of both as the planet of junk is, well, a dumping ground of scrap parts and such. And Cybertron is the body of the god of the Transformers Primus, though he ever- never ate starships. He usually just blew them up with heavy firepower. Huh. Okay, and he says, and the last one was weird. He means the last story. I'm sure he says, odd that it had some impact, if minor, on the main U.S. series. Yes, that's what I liked about that is that while the, those last couple of stories we we covered pretty much sucked, I've always kind of had a soft spot for Talatni throws a shape. As weird and bizarre and crazy and stupid as that story is, because it does affect.
1: It actually all works all
0: the way back. It actually yeah.
1: works into some cut into the. All the other ones are just. Totally could be a pocket story from, like, yep. Star Wars Tales or something like that. Yep. Yep. But I, I
0: did. I like that that was a callback to, you know, God knows goofiest, how many episodes back The goofiest,
1: one of all of them, too. <laughs> right. It
0: works. Yeah, I know. Uh, he says, I also wouldn't mind coverage of the Star Wars Clone Wars micro-series as talking about Mace Windu kicking ass without a lightsaber or Obi-Wan's battles with a certain... Uh, nearly immortal bounty hunter would be fun and nearly uh, and nearly because being shoved into a star by Anakin is what did him in you know that's not a bad idea I because we
1: love we, the uh, what was his yeah name? Tarkovsky Tart- yeah Tarkovsky or Tarkovsky I think is his name yeah he, the, he did uh Samurai Jack and, yeah uh, that that micro series short as it is is fantastic.
0: Yes, it is. It's yeah. it's a
1: different thing than Clone Wars, the 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 compute CGI Clone Wars, whereas it's cell animation and it's very stylized. But it does, it has got the Mad Max Road Warrior thing going on it, where they rely on action rather than dialogue. There's very what dialogue there is is short terse. I mean, they were originally like what. Well, 45 seconds or, like, a minute or two minutes long, three minutes each episode. They were just these short little bam, bam, bam military adventures starting out with clone troopers but, like, introducing more and more characters and they're, you know, having a little solo focus on it. And then didn't, didn't they end up doing like twenty-minute episodes for a season or something like that? The second season was yeah,
0: yeah. They they panned it out a little bit more, and, you know, spread it out a little bit more in the
1: second one. And they worked it right up to episode three. Yeah, uh, there's there's actually uh, speaking to Talatni throws a shape. There's actually a thing in the last episode of this one, that imme- uh, the last episode of this one immediate is the is the kidnapping of um of, um of Palpatine. And
0: That's why I was so pissed that almost immediately after they finished that series, they threw it out of continuity. I never understood why they did that, because it meshed up so well meshed, I mean, beautifully, between the, where the two Mace movies. Mace Windu
1: crushed his, wind, his lungs, and that's why he was wheezing. Right, it's yes. Almost as soon as you see him walk onto the bridge in episode three... He's just had his lungs crushed, and he's just like he's suffering. He, you know, he's wheezed and and messed up from it. And I loved that.
0: Yeah, I did that, too. That
1: was a great little touch. And uh, well, yeah, okay, they can take it out of the continuity all they want, but it's still. It, and that actually had a more frightening portrayal of Grievous. Than the movies did. They portrayed the right. Previous as this mysterious, probably because they didn't want to show him too much. Um, just sort of stealth killer that could. Yeah, just, he
0: was a badass. He was in a that badass. Series.
1: He just took out like this sort of dome full of Jedi's, stalked them, and took them out like evil style. Like turn out the lights and just start wiping everybody out. So yeah, and it was that episode was great it was eerie and it was probably the most frightening Star Wars thing ever I think
0: yeah, I really liked that I, I've it's been a while since I've watched it, but I, I would totally be down for that actually because yeah. I, yeah. I really did get a kick out of that I thought it was some really good stuff so yeah. Um, that is not all of the emails, of course, but uh, everything that's left pretty much fits neatly into the baskets for Star Trek Monthly Monday and Comics Monthly Monday. So if you've addressed those shows and you didn't hear your emails read this time around, that's where they will be read because we will be getting caught up on all of these with the intention of staying caught up from here on out. But yeah, we did want to try to get caught up on this stuff. Um, one last quick thing before we get going just want to throw out there that uh next month uh you all your normal format more or less exists it's just going to be a little bit uh different because recently uh myself dr bill robinson from back to the bins and scott rifen from dinner for geeks we all got together here in orlando For a local convention that just started up up in Orlando called Conjure. We recorded so much content for that that it basically fills all the slots. You know, the normal uh, slots for Two True Freaks for next month. So we're going to have a Star Wars show, a Star Trek show. Uh, We'll have a podcasting show show that kind of takes the place of the comic one. And then just some general content type of stuff. Just other recordings and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I've been listening to it, doing some editing and such. It's very funny. A lot of stuff in the car. A lot of just candid conversation. I think you guys get a real kick so out jealous. of it. So don't feel like, oh, my God, they're going off format again. We we are, but we're not. So you'll still get your, your fix as far as the, all the content you're used to us talking to. It just won't be quite the same way it normally is presented. Then... The following month, which, let's see, next month is September, so this will be uh, October, back on format, brand new shows debuting in October. We're really excited about it. The one that we're prepared to announce that we've already kind of spoiled, we've already talked about it a little bit, is one called Growing Up Star Wars. I'm not going to tell you too much about it. Chris and I are going to be there and uh, possibly with a third chair. We're just going to throw that out there. Uh, that that will be happening, uh, debuting first week of October, and then fingers crossed. There's another secret project that's being worked on that we're hoping will debut at the end of October. Really, really excited about that one, but not quite ready to announce what that is yet. Star Wars monthly, or excuse me, Star Trek rather. Star War, uh, Star Trek Monthly Monday uh, will return uh, regular format and everything in October as well. If we can squeeze it in, if I can squeeze it in, I may try to do that fast forward that we talked a little bit about with the comics to kind of zip past the shit and get to the good stuff again. And what else? Comics Monthly Monday, of course, will return. Um, Hopefully with all three of us, you know, schedules permitting and everything, uh, Chris and I and uh, and Michael Bailey love doing that show. I know Mike does too. We get a real blast. If you haven't heard this month's comics monthly monday go get a listen to i that's thought a it came out one. really really good yeah. yeah i really enjoyed that show and beyond that that's pretty much it more or less back on format so uh again be sure to listen to next month's content we had a blast at conjure and i think you guys are really going to enjoy listening to the content that we had for
1: that but that's pretty much all i had for this time around you got anything else no i mean there you have it top gun one of the greatest movies of the 80s
0: whatever Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha,
1: shop at amazon.com please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there if you use this link to go to amazon and then you shop two true freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra so you get to shop as usual and help out the two true freaks at the same time
0: our website at 2TrueFreaks.com 2TrueFreaks Two is always spelled T-W-O T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S
1: You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com
0: 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow.
1: And this is your Uncle Don saying good night.
0: Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off. Good.
1: Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.